So really books and coaching and mentors has been the name of the game for me. And then not just learning, but then implementing those things. And that's where I think the bridge is in the marketplace that I see right now is there's all this knowledge, all these courses, all these mentors, all these people out there teaching, but who's out there helping with the implementation of taking all that information and actually applying it into your business. This is Digital Marketing. Hey, it's Mark. And I don't want to be that doom and gloom guy, but I'm hoping this acts as a little bit of a wake-up call for you. Because we've been talking a lot lately about how the whole iOS thing has some advertisers flying blind. And when you sprinkle on some rising ad costs and supply chain issues, we've got a real entrepreneurial challenge ahead of us. The bad news is that a lot of businesses are going to be washed away over the coming months. But the good news is that the ones who adapt are going to come out of this even stronger. So that's why it's important to focus on what you can control. Sign up your website, improve your CRO, collect as much first-party data as you can, and test, test, test. And if you need help with that, go to our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They're running hundreds of tests in all sorts of industries, so they know what's working now. Check the show notes for the link, or you can visit them at conversionfanatics.com. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you need to be focused on to the cutting-edge tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Adrian Boisel. He is a creative agency consultant, among other things, that has helped over 5,000 companies to make over $100 million. So welcome, Adrian. Hey, thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. No problem. I love to talk to graphic designers because I think it's a very underappreciated position. And, you know, when you get going into it, you actually find that the majority of content online actually requires an eye for graphics. It sounds obvious to graphics people, but a lot of people don't understand just how important it is. But you actually managed to take that career of being a graphic designer and turn it into making $100 million for your clients. Let's just jump into how it started and how you got to where you're at now. Perfect. Well, I'll jump into it. Before I do that, I just want to say skill stacking just kind of get to the ultimate gist. I think that people really want to hear is one of the keys that you're going to hear from me that I'm going to talk about is skill stacking. There's all the funnel hackers out there, but I'm a skill stacker. So that's kind of my thing that I'm trying to build and create for my community, which is called Instagraphics. And I'll kind of share my journey. But I grew up in a very broken home. Didn't know my mom until I was 17 years old. Dad was a very physically abusive, mentally abusive, verbally abusive kind of guy. Just the type A, don't cry, suck it up. I'll give you something to cry about type of guy. And that's just how I was raised. And so I grew up really tough and I grew up very resilient, I guess, because of that. And so at a very young age, I found myself homeless, literally living on the streets, eating beefaroni out of a can and trying to just make my way in the world. And I always had this kind of small voice inside me that was just like, there's something bigger for me. I know that my life has some sort of meaning and purpose. I don't know what that is, but it just kept me going through all the trials and tribulations of losing my grandfather in front of me at four years old and all the tragedies that happened in my life. And it kept me going, that little voice. And faith is a big part of who I am. It's a big part of my belief systems. And it's what's really kept me as the person that I am. So it's kind of been my foundation. I've built everything on. So going through my life as 16 year old on the streets, I picked up a laptop and my little brother had told me, Hey, have you ever heard of Adobe Photoshop? And at the time he was like 10 years old, 
brilliant kid. And to this day, he still he now runs a multi-million dollar a month roofing and solar company. And he goes, have you ever heard of Photoshop? And I'm like, no, I'm using Adobe Paint or I'm using Microsoft Paint. And he's like, oh man, that's way harder. You should just check out Photoshop. We're talking about it in my school. And I'm like, really? So I downloaded Photoshop. And next thing you know, I'm designing business cards and nightclub flyers and all kinds of event flyers and for shows. And I really had a knack for design. I had been doing art my whole life. And I had remembered something that my stepmom had told me of, I don't know what you're going to do someday, but I know it'll involve computers and art. And so I kind of took that seriously and started applying myself and learning Photoshop on my own. This was back in the day when Photoshop.org, my buddy Nate McKelvey, I was building out content and teaching people how to learn Photoshop. So I was reading online articles and getting books on Photoshop from the library and just doing everything I could to try to learn how to use that program and trial and error. And I just got better and better and better. And it was around that time I met my very first mentor. He was the owner of a bar slash nightclub and he was looking for somebody to help him with flyers. And I just took a liking to him. He was a prison guard at the time, but also owned this bar. And he's like, man, you got a knack for this. He's like, what, you know, you should be doing this. Like stop doing the club promoting because I was doing some club promotion stuff on the side. He's like, you just need to do this full time. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, you can make so much money. And he's like, isn't there kind of a printing aspect to this. And I'm like, yeah, there is. He goes, if you learned the printing, you can make a lot of money on design and printing. And I'm like, that's a really great idea. So about a year goes by, I had it kind of as a side hustle. And I finally just decided, you know what, I'm going to go all in on this. And it was around that time where I was starting to really get into sales. I had worked in the car business. I was just about to turn 18. So I got into the car business. That was pretty successful. I had good luck that. Then I went into the mortgage industry. I had a lot of success there. And then 2006, was when the whole mortgage industry crashed. And I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? I had made some really stupid decisions that were my dad's advice, actually. And that ended up winding me up getting a 90-day sentence in jail for a false insurance claim that I filed based on his advice. And he was an insurance agent, just to put it into perspective. And so I ended up having to do 31 days in jail. They're like, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to jail or wear an ankle monitor for 90 days? I'm like, which one is more expensive? They're like, the ankle monitor is $27 a day. I'm like, yep, I guess I'm going to jail. I had a 90 day sentence. I ended up doing 31 days in that, but I used that time. And I remember standing out in the patio of my mentor, Larry's nightclub, and we were hanging banners on the fences. And I was like, Larry, my life is over. I can't believe I listened to my dad. Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to jail and I have this thing on my record. And he's like, dude, your life is not over, man. This is the turning point for you. Stop taking his advice. Do what you know is right. Do what's hard, not what's easy. And he's like, you can use this opportunity in there to better yourself. And I really took that seriously. So when I got in there, I wrote my entire business plan for my design and printing company. I read three or four books. One of them was Donald Trump's book. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, just basic self-glamorizing kind of book. It was not very little. He'll be the president one day. You didn't think (laughs) And then I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I was like, oh my gosh, this book is my life. I felt like Larry at the time was kind of like the dad that I always wanted. He was very kind and humble and genuine and had integrity. And he was the kind of person that I wanted to be. And I was like, he was the rich dad. And I had this poor dad that, you know, raised me for part of my life. So I really took that seriously. And the day I got out was 31 days after being there. I got out and I literally applied that business plan. I mean, to a T, I followed that plan. It was literally on lined yellow paper. I think I had five sheets of paper (laughs) that I wrote the whole thing on. And I just stuck to it day after day. I worked 12, 16, 18 hour days. At the time I had nowhere to go. But I found a tiny little, I'm not exaggerating, an eight foot by 10 foot room behind a barber shop with no windows, only a door. I bought a futon couch, I think for like a hundred bucks at Walmart. And I found a free desk on like Craigslist or something like that. And I just went to work. I lived in that tiny little office for about two months until I ended up getting a roommate. I had enough money to get a roommate. And then six months in, I opened up my first brick and mortar retail store. 
that was on a main drag street in the town that I grew up in called Citrus Heights. And there was like 55,000 cars going by. So I did all the signage myself and I brought my portfolio to get that spot to the landlord. He's like, look, I need to get like $2,000 from you up front. I'm like, look, dude, I got like 1200 bucks in my name right now. There's no way I can give you $2,000. He's like, well, I love your portfolio. I can see you're hungry. I can see you're really young. I was only 19 at the time, almost oh, wow. 20. And he's like, I'll give you a shot. You're going to do is you're going to pay me the deposit over the next six months. And I was like, all right, deal. So I get into the spot. There's a little 450, 500 square foot spot on this main drag. And I get one of my friends from high school to be a sign shaker. And she's out there with her Daisy Dukes and her little white wife oh beater. And she's out there shaking a sign. And I made $542, I think, something like that, my very first day with her out there. I was like, all right, well, we're going to do this every single day. This <laughs> makes my life really easy because I was already dialing. My whole business plan was call 50 people a day and get five deals. If you can get 50 people a day, and five deals out of those 50 people that you talk to, because I was really used to doing that in the mortgage industry. We just farming for leads all day long. I was like, 50 people's nothing. I was calling hundreds of people a day. So I call 50 people a day and make all those offers and at least get five deals that are worth a hundred bucks a piece. I'll be able to build this thing. And so I did that. And then on top of having the sign shaker, the thing just, I mean, exploded. People would walk into my shop. They would sit down. I would get to know them. And hey, what is it that you're doing? He's like, oh, you know, I just got laid off of my job as a mortgage guy. Or I got laid off of my job <laughs> in the construction industry. Or I got laid off. And everybody was getting laid off, right? And so they'd come in and they'd tell me their stories, their histories. And I'd listen to their heart. And I wasn't just listening to respond. I was listening to actually like care. Because I genuinely love and I just want to get to know people. So I was getting to know them. And I would take what they would tell me. And as they were talking, I would translate that across their designs. And I would take so much of their personality and their character and their heart. And I would translate that across the designs that I was doing. I was designing it right in front of them. So they would walk in like, I need a set of business cards. I'm like, cool, sit down. Let's have a conversation. They'd have the conversation. And the experience was just so unique for them that they'd be in there talking to their friends and calling like, what are you doing right now? Like, man, this guy is literally like designing my flyers or designing my business cards right, right in front of me right now. This is amazing. Like, where are you at? I need to get some cards done. And it just spread like wildfire. And in three years, it was actually two and a half years, I had over 3,000 clients. We were doing like $50,000, $60,000 a month. I had grown from my tiny little 450 square foot location to two locations in the same building and had about 900 square feet. I added on a sign division. I brought in a web designer. And so we were offering websites to people. I was doing full scale like websites and we were starting to add kind of the marketing side to things. And then a former boss of mine came in and we kind of started some conversations. I worked in the direct mail industry for a very short period of time. He's like, dude, how are you doing all this? Like, who are your investors? And you must come from money. And I was like, nah, I actually don't. And fast forward about another six months and the conversations kind of continued. I ended up opening up a location in downtown Sacramento, right next to the Capitol. And it was a 3,000 square foot location. And I made some mistakes. One of the things that I learned through the process was I should have kept both locations, but I moved locations from my mm. hometown. Everybody knew me for almost three years, right around three year mark to a downtown Sacramento, about 25 miles away where nobody knew me. I lost like 60% of my business overnight. And I was like, oh, so I ended up having a conversation again with that former boss and guy who was interested in my business. And I was like, look, I need help. You have resources. Like I got legal, I got this, I got that. And so right around the four year mark, we ended up striking a deal 
And I sold him my company in 2011 mm-hmm. and basically was going to be the CEO. And we were going to scale this brand, CalPrint. I had kind of evolved it from California printing and to CalPrint. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up doing a deal with him. What I didn't know was being young and only about 23 years old at the time. And he just wanted to know what my business model was, wanted to figure out how I was doing it, what I was doing it, and then incorporate it into his business and kind of just absorb me and then push me out. Mm-hmm. Make the environment so toxic and so volatile that I left. I was just like, I can't do this with you anymore. I was like 45 days in with working together with him. So that was a really big turning point. Like, man, I built this really successful company, spent 16, 18, 20 hour days, pulled multiple overnights, days at a time, just trying to grow this business. And now, yeah, sure, I got a bunch of money for selling it to him, but everything I built is just gone. Now what do I do? And right at that time, that was about 2011, my mom was going through a difficult time and I was having some relationship issues on the personal side because I hadn't healed any of those wounds from my childhood. I hadn't done any of the deep work yet in my personal relationship with my girlfriend at the time. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to Illinois. I'm going to go help my mom and I'm going to go change my life and I'm going to get out of California for the first time ever. It's either going to happen now or it's never going to happen. So I moved to Illinois. And during that time while I was there, I went and started taking classes with Google. They had this program called Google Engage. And I took the Google Engage program and learned about Google ads and analytics and all these different aspects of advertising. And so I was able to add that element onto my business. And so I just added another skill. So now I had graphic design. I had some web design experience. I had learned about SEO. I had quite a bit about SEO. And the one piece that I had that was missing that I didn't realize until about a year later was the marketing side and marketing strategy and the science of marketing. So after about eight to 10 months of me being in Illinois, I realized that there was kind of a toxic situation there. And I was trying to build this relationship for the first time ever with my mom. She was in a toxic situation. I had been in a toxic situation and neither one of us had done any deep work. So it was time for me to go back to California. I called up Larry and he's like, dude, I got a position for you. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, we need a consultant to come in and help us with all of our design, all of our marketing and everything. And you're the best guy I know. I'm like, sweet. All right. So I came back to California, bought a huge RV, like a 35 foot RV, pulled my Jeep across the country and came back. And that company at the time was doing about 800,000 a year in sales. They were like roofing, solar, HVAC, and plumbing. That was like their kind of their main services that they offered. And I took over everything. I mean, yellow page ads, SEO, Yelp, Google advertising, their website, all their content, video production, and everything. Because I'd done a lot of video production in high school. And my grandfather owned a video production company. My dad owned a video production company. So I had all these skills. And so they brought me on board. And I was working like 15, 20 hours a week, making like six figures. I mean, it was insane with one client, essentially. And at that time, I had just about gotten into a serious relationship and she had a kid. So I was kind of playing family again. And I just wanted to be able to watch my son at the time grow up. I just wanted to be able to be his dad. And I wanted to spend as much time with him in his childhood that I could. So I kind of didn't really push to bring on more clients. It just kind of went all in on that company and had plenty of money coming in more than I had ever made, even in my printing business. Personally, what you make versus what you keep. So like, man, I'm living the life, got my Jeep and going wheeling and camping and got my boy and everything's great. And fast forward, we ended up scaling that company to $22 million a year in about two years. It's just exploded in growth. And I was the one doing all the marketing, their yard signs, vehicle wraps, I mean, everything. And my buddy Larry was running the sales side of the company. So he was sales, I was marketing, and we just worked so well together that we just exploded this company. And they ended up actually taking it onto like the kind of like pink sheet, kind of like penny stock market. And Uh, so that company did really well. That was at that point when I started realizing that they had grown so big that they started to have a lot of internal issues. And I stopped getting paid on time. I wasn't getting paid at all for a period of time. And I was like, man, I just can't keep doing this with these guys. And so after about six months of that, Larry was experiencing the same kind of challenges. I was like, it's time to do something different. I need to go bring on more clients. So I linked up with my little brother 
who is now at the time was working at a laser tag place. I was like, Hey, you want to come join me? You're super smart with numbers. You're good with analytics. You're doing options training on the side. Like come join me. Let's open up an agency. So I opened up an actual brick and mortar agency and started building a team. And we scaled that up and we went through the roller coasters of what it's like to build a digital marketing agency. And for anybody listening to this that knows about building a digital marketing agency, the intricacies of working with clients, keeping clients long-term, keeping them happy, setting expectations and all the mistakes that you make when you run an agency, it's a nightmare. And there's so much learning and the learning curve is so big that it takes years. It's not something you can learn in a year, two years or three years. And my brother just didn't have the patience for it. So after about two years, two and a half years of working together, he's like, I'm out. I'm going to go start a carpet cleaning company. I was like, cool, good luck. I'm going to keep doing this without you because I can do it without you. I wanted to prove myself, right? I ended up going through a really difficult time. That marriage that I was in still hadn't really healed any and done any of the deep work on that. And I ended up in a divorce. She ended up cheating and a lot of responsibilities on my part and on her part. And I was the one taking care of my son 100% full-time. I had him. She signed over her rights to me. So I was full-time dad, single dad, while trying to run a business and all the other distractions of life and really hadn't done any deep healing and, and work on myself. And so I was still running into a lot of challenges and roadblocks in my life, my income and just different things. And so the agency kept doing this. And so finally, I reached that point where I was like, man, I just need to either change what I'm doing or really get some clarity from a coach. So I went and started hiring coaches. I went and started getting on radio shows. I started trying to promote my business in a different way and position myself as kind of an authority. And through that process, I met some pretty incredible mentors. I started investing in some pretty incredible mentors. I started getting on stages. I partnered with a guy, Raul Lopez, who has a company called Tag Talks. And we founded that company together, did two events with Tom Bilyeu and Alex Stern from Constant Contact. And I really started building myself as a consultant because I had so many skills I had accumulated from all these clients that I'd worked with and making them so much money. I was like, man, where my zone of genius is, where I really perform at my highest is helping people with their vision and their strategy, developing an actual plan. And then I can do the integration. I am an integrator. I can design. I can do ads. I can run Facebook campaigns. I can do SEO. I can build websites. Like I can do all of those things, but that's not where I'm happiest. And that's not where I provide the most impact. So I need to go find some integrators. So I found one of my best friends I'd been friends with for almost 10 years at that point, Amanda, who was an integrator. And she had brought on another guy named Chris, who they're both now my business partners. And we decided to scale what at the time was Adrian Graphics and Marketing. And we've since pivoted to Adrian Agency. So Adrian Agency now where we used to work with every single kind of company out there from plumbing companies to lawyers to cleaners. I mean, you name it, I've pretty much done it. Smog shops over the last 10 years. Now we're specifically positioned where our niche is not about an industry. It's about the state of the heart. It's not a demographic, it's a psychographic. So I work exclusively only with social impact brands. So anybody that has a cause behind their brand, whether it's at-risk youth homelessness, any kind of ministry. We have a company called We Tip that's like an anonymous tip reporting that was able to help stop four school shootings and two suicides in 2020. So like some really big stuff like that. So those are the only companies I work with on my agency side now, but I don't really do anything with the agency anymore. It pretty much runs itself. And I go out there as kind of the cheerleader for what we do on the social impact side. And as the consultant, helping companies get clarity on their brand, as they perfect your brand and actually build a marketing plan and a branding blueprint. And it's crazy, Mark, how many people I ask on a daily basis. Do you have a marketing plan? Out of a thousand people, I bet that I've asked that question to, I bet 998 of them have said, no, I have no marketing plan. So what people are doing is they're just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping that it sticks. Open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. 
If you're still using legacy cloud storage like Dropbox or Google Drive or expensive, unintuitive digital asset management tools to store your images and videos, listen up. While those are fine for teams who just need to store docs and sheets, they are terribly inefficient for marketing teams needing to organize, share, and collaborate on visual assets. Air's intuitive UI is purpose-built for visual assets. Automatic content tagging and powerful filters mean you don't even have to remember folder or file names. As long as you know what's in an image, you can find it in seconds. Modern marketing teams, including those at Google, Sweetgreen, The Infatuation, and Pattern have saved up to 10 hours per person per week by switching to Air. Air is the leading platform for marketing teams to manage and automate their creative operations. Learn more at air.inc slash digital marketer. That's A-I-R dot I-N-C slash digital marketer. Well, I'm not going to go into my history, but like it's almost like a mirror yeah. <laughs> image of kind of what I went through because I had I had a company and I had a magazine, I sold it, and then I wrote a book and did started an agency. And I was in real estate when I was 18, 18. Wow. Like, and I was did real estate investing and then had my big implosion when I was 28. And now it's pretty, pretty crazy how how similar it is. Maybe it's wow. all agencies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> What I found, because I had an agency, but my whole goal has always been to teach people about marketing. Like that was why I did it. It was like, hey, I'm going to make you these tutorials. I'm going to teach these small business owners how to do marketing. And then that doesn't work. (laughs) Nope. They don't want to do marketing. And nope. so that's why I'm here at Digital Marketer because I'm like, ah, I just get to teach marketing to marketers. That's that's great. But that that story is fantastic. And I love the concept that it started with. You mentioned the skill stacking because yeah. I think I think leaders and and even marketers are almost reluctant to learn things because we there's such a message of like, you should outsource this and you shouldn't be doing this. Your time is too valuable to do blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I can't manage people if I don't, haven't done the thing myself, you know? Right, so, that limiting belief. Oh yeah, well, even just like when I had clients, they're like, I only do podcasts because I had clients that were like, I want to do a podcast. I'm like, ah, they, ah, we can make a podcast, that's easy, but I'm not going to advise it until I've done it myself. And so I, yeah. I got into podcasting for that reason. And actually sure. a lot of things I do were specifically because of that. Okay. But yeah, I think, I think building the skills is essential, but you're creative. So it doesn't come natural to everybody. So if you're if talking to people who don't have that creative aspect, and maybe they are just managers, they're really good at leading people. How could they kind of walk your path in terms of developing skills necessary to build an agency that makes an impact? Brilliant question. So the two things, and I just did a video on this on my YouTube channel recently, the two things that were most impactful for me was having enough love and confidence and self-worth to go and put money in other people's pockets, to coach you, to mentor you, whether it's online courses. I did a course and was really helped me gain a lot of skills in the sales and the marketing side. Not as much on the marketing, but more on the sales side of digital marketing was called Job Killing. You may have heard of it, Dan Klein. So I did Job Killing in 2014, like right when he launched. I was one of the first few people in that program. I invested in it. It was like $5,800 at the time. And I know they've raised their price since then. Then after that, I joined and paid about $3,000 a month for about six months to a speaking mentor who helped me kind of get my speaking career kind of figured out and what my story was and how I speak and how I sell and all that stuff. So that was a a big investment. I hired a book coach. Like I've put tons of money. I've joined mastermind groups, a billion dollar brotherhood and BDB elite with Nicholas Bailey. Those guys are amazing. And his team is amazing. Him and Amanda, I've spent 15, $20,000 a year for the last couple of years on that program. I'm in the Arate syndicate with Ed Milet and Andy Frisella. 
I'm also in Sean Whalen's Lion's Den. So I've spent a lot of money, well over $100,000 in just the last few years investing into myself, into my growth, into my leadership skills, sales skills, marketing skills, right? And then the second piece to this is books. My little brother, of all people, I brought him up a few times because I know he's my little brother, but he's just such a brilliant kid. He's probably read, no joke, in the neighborhood of 300 to 500 books, somewhere right around there. I'm probably around around 100, 110, somewhere in that neighborhood. And the books that I've read from all the ones that I have here on my shelf from the book Traction and Understanding the Entrepreneur Operating System and how you actually run and grow and scale a company to the ultimate sales machine with Chet Holmes and actually the education-based marketing aspect of it to Ryan Holiday's books, Trust Me, I'm Lying or Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey. I mean, I've read so many books. I just finished one that Sean Raylan recommended called A More Complete Beast. That was a book about masculinity and being able to stand in your power and taking what you want versus just kind of living this slave mentality that most of society lives. So really books and coaching and mentors has been the name of the game for me. And then not just learning, but then implementing those things. And that's where I think the bridge is in the marketplace that I see right now is there's all this knowledge, all these courses, all these mentors, all these people out there teaching, but who's out there helping with the implementation of taking all that information and actually applying it into your business? Because I could read all these books on the shelf, but if I don't apply anything, what good was that? Right? So I think those are the big ones for me. And that's, that's what I would tell you. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, and I think uh, in real estate, you know, real estate, I, I went to all the motivational speakers and they had all the, the conferences and all that crap. And there was one yeah. speaker that said, if you don't do anything with what you learn at these events or what you read, then all you have is a motivated idiot. Like that was his term for it. Like, yeah, you know, you know all the stuff and you're ready to go, but there's nowhere to go because you don't actually know how to do anything. And so that's, well, I think that's where you came in and you started businesses. And I think the biggest point that you made just from your story of having to go to prison, having to go to jail, jail. is yeah. that you wrote a plan. And it sounds like an unnecessary step and most people don't do it. But I went out to school, it was specifically so I could write business plans. And my most successful business, the one I sold was the one where I just wrote the plan and I said, I'm going to do a press release every week and I'm going to put up a video a day. And it sounds so basic, but people don't do it. And then they just do random crap and they wonder, like, I don't know what works. And it's like, so of course true. you don't. How? How would you know? You didn't assess so anything. True. If you don't have a plan, there's a really famous quote, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's... you have to have a plan. There's no target. If you're just shooting from the hip and hoping that something sticks, it just doesn't work like that. Your chances of success are so low. Well, I think most people think that the passion that you have and the motivation that you have right now will sustain you for the next, I don't know, one to three years, which is what it takes to actually get anything off the ground. And it won't. You're going to feel like crap. And then what you'll end up is in that roller coaster of working really hard for sales and then serving those sales, not doing any sales, and then working over sales and then serving those. And that was my agency was like that too, because I had never systematized and I was so dependent on just referrals that it was never going to stabilize. It was never going to stabilize because I was trying to get rid of all my clients. For me, I didn't really want an agency. I wanted to teach people. And so that's right. All right. Here's the thing we made for you please go away and make it work. And then everybody's like, well, could you just keep doing it? I'm like, no, that's not what I do. I give you the system and then you go. But no, you know, plan is the necessity. It'll get you through those ups and downs of your motivation and passion levels. And then you can have success like you have, which is, I mean, 3,000 businesses. That's a lot yeah. of businesses. I mean, that was in such a short period of time, just a couple of years, right? And now you fast forward, that was 2007, 2008, around that time when I had already worked with that many people. And here we are in 2022, coming up to 2023. I've only worked with a couple thousand people since then. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I definitely slowed the pace and I realized that quality over quantity was more of my value. I like fast pace just because of the way that I am. I'm not one of those like graphic designers that'll spend like 10, 15, 20 hours on a project. That's why I did mm-hmm. business cards and flyers because they're, you know, hour, two hours, three hours, maybe four hours and you're done and you're on to the next project, right? Yeah. So I like the quick turnaround stuff. I don't like to work on stuff like websites for me. We have a lot of demand for them and we do a lot of them. But I don't, me doing a website because they take so many hours and you have to sit there for so long, it just doesn't work well with my personality. So I have integrators to do that type of work now. And thankfully, I built a beautiful machine that is a marketing engine that can move any business forward. So I went and bought a company called NorCal Enduro, rebranded it, rebuilt the website. I'm scaling that business now and using my marketing marketing machine to do that. I had the vision. I love motocross. I ride motocross, right? And so I found a motocross brand that I could just buy that had all the designs that were already done. I've just been able to use it as kind of a hobby. And now I'm using that as a passive income for me because I don't run the agency. My team does. And this website is a print on demand website. So anybody that orders anything, I don't fulfill anything, nothing. That's awesome. So they order from it. It gets shipped directly to the customer. The money comes into my bank account. I don't have to do anything. That's the best kind of business. Cool. That's the dream. Well, let's talk real quick about integrators because I think a lot of people aren't even familiar with that term. So maybe just what is an integrator and how did you go about finding your good ones? Great question. So an integrator is somebody that is really good at taking somebody's vision and like my partner, Chris, finding the problems because I'm one of the guys I'll call Chris like, dude, I got this idea. I'll just just ramble to him and then he'll be like, so what about this? At first, I used to be like offended, like, dude, why aren't you supporting my, like, why aren't you excited (laughs) about this? But he's like, no, I see the problems. I see the flaws. I see the challenges. I see the roadblocks. And I can help actually show you what deliverables we need to actually move those roadblocks. And I'm like, ah, Okay, because he's sitting there behind the computer doing the work all day, and I'm not every day anymore. Mm. So an integrator is really good at spotting the problems, and then the integrator is is really good at making sure that the ball never stops moving forward, Mm. and that they stay focused on that one task, one one thing at a time. And so Amanda, my other business partner who runs the agency, she's the operations side. So she's kind of the one coordinating, hiring, recruiting, finding people on the back end and where Chris is the CMO and he's actually integrating with the team. Okay, we need this on the website. We need that on the website. And so I found these two people that work simultaneously, but we all work really well together, like a three-stranded cord. We are just unstoppable together. I have somebody that really understands marketing, that's really good with the technical skills. And I have somebody that really understands business operations and that can recruit, run our team meetings and do those types of things. So integrators are just really good at the details and the facts and being in the weeds where I'm like, they got to kind of pull me down out of the sky every once in a while. I'm like, dude, dude, let's stay. Oh no, here he comes. Right. (laughs) Here he comes again. Exactly. He's excited. All right. Head out. So were these people that you had just worked with before and kind of said, Hey, this is a good person just from experience with them. So what's funny about Amanda is I had my agency and I was going through those ups and downs with my brother and Amanda and I had been friends. I did a little photo shoot for her because she was working in real estate and her husband at the time came to work for me to help run my printing division because I still was doing a little bit of print jobs on the side because it's good money and we do a lot of print brokering. And so he came to work for me and he just wasn't driven, wasn't motivated, wasn't disciplined and really wasn't showing up. And I kept talking. I'm like, man, I just need you. I know I need you. Like, you're my person. Like, she's like, yeah, I know, but I'm working in the car business now. She went from that to car business. And I'm like, man, I really need you. And then in 2018, my daughter was born and I'm like, Amanda, 
I need you. And she's like, all right, I'll come on board. And she took a huge pay cut to come on board with me. And we ramped her up. And she was my first person to kind of help me rekindle the agency because we had reached a really low point during that time. And she came on board and I would call her up in the morning because I was doing some consulting work for Salem Media Group at the time, helping them sell and bring in digital marketing. And I had such a big background, they wanted my expertise. So on my way to Salem Media Group in the mornings, I would call her and be like, okay, we need this, 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 and this. And she's like, cool. She called me up two hours later, sent me a message two hours later. It's all done. Now what? Oh, and I'm like, sweet. I'm like, okay, well, now we need this, this, this. And so we just did that every day for about six months. And then after about six months, we got to the point where like she was overloaded. I was overloaded. I wasn't even able to do stuff for Salem anymore because we had so much work coming in. And she's like, let's go bring in somebody else. We need a web designer, somebody that's very technical that can like run ads and do SEO. And we went on Indeed and we found Chris. I found out that Chris had done put in over a thousand applications trying to find a job. And he lived in Oklahoma, which he still lives in. And so we brought him on at an incredible rate. And he joined our company just as our lead web designer to help build websites and do SEO campaigns and run some ads. And that guy was just so disciplined, so dedicated. And he told me from the first day, he's like, look, man, my job is to just be behind you and be your cheerleader and to just make you a star. Anything I can do, I'm your number two in terms of your marketing stuff. I know Amanda doesn't have a huge marketing background, but I got your back. Anything you need, you just call me and let me know. And so between him, Amanda, and myself, we just went to work and we put our head down and we focused. And as of 2021, we had our first seven-figure year as an agency. Wow. Which was incredible. I had a really low year. I think we did like 280, 280,000 in like 2018. 2019, we went to like 670 or 650. 2020, we went to like basically right below a million. I think it was like right around 800,000. And then in 2021, we finally hit that seven figure mark. Wow. That's amazing. Well, it doesn't sound like, you know, there was no magic behind finding these people. You just worked with some people and then you went and searched for them and knew the position. And then Yep. You know, we we're able to identify them. That's huge. And that's actually, it's funny because we do have a very similar path. But in my path, I did not try to find anybody. I tried to go it alone as much mm-hmm. as possible and automate as much as possible. And it was good. I was able to build a six-figure yep. business and had such minimal overhead that I was taking home most of it. But at the end of the day, I was still working all the time. <laughs> well, you know, God puts people in our lives for a reason at the perfect timing. And I remember driving to Salem one morning and I was talking to Amanda and I'm like, Amanda... I'm either going to shut the agency down. I'm done with it. I'm tired of this business. I'm sick of it. I'm unfulfilled. I feel like I'm totally underpaid and I'm going to go do consulting like I'm doing with Salem right now, or you're going to come on board and help me. And she's like, I'll take it over. I'll help you. I was like, cool. And so I presented the opportunity to her and she took it. And it's been an amazing journey with her. Our friendship has grown stronger. Our business relationship has grown stronger. And I made her a partner, her and Chris a partner in 2021. We're equal partners in the agency. And I think that's the big thing that I I want people to know is like a lot of people probably want to hold on their pride, their ego. and like, oh, you know, this is my agency. I started this thing in 2015 with my brick and mortar. And why would I give up equal ownership? I was going to give it up anyway. I was going to walk away from the whole agency to begin with. So having 33% of an agency, giving them 33%, we're all equal partners. There's power in that. There's so much power in that. And so I feel like that's a good lesson that people could take away is like, if you're struggling, if you need resources and you have people in your life that want to jump on there, give them an equal share, give them a fair share in it and watch how hard they work. Like, I don't think that they would have been as motivated if I was like, okay, so I'll give you 10%. I'll give you 10%. I'm going to keep 80. I just don't think that we would have the same dynamic that we have today. 
No, that's fantastic. Well, that's such a good point too. Like you were going to let it die anyways, or you were going to just leave and then everybody loses. And instead you just brought in people who you knew could do the job and then they did the job and you're happy and they're happy and your clients are happy. Everybody wins. That's uh, a win-win. That's a fantastic story. And even for that, because I didn't shut down my agency, I still just sitting there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so well, what I do is I refer the business out to people like you that I meet where I'm like, oh, you're awesome. Like, hey, here's an old client. Cool. I toss them over. But now what you did is phenomenal. So congratulations. Thank that's, you. That's a big story. Well, people see people like you and they're like, oh, well, he just knows how to do it. And they don't know yeah. the 20 year story that went into actually yeah. doing it. And they're like, oh, yeah, it was so easy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so easy. Now I stand here 15 years later, like people... I'm on a stage. I'm like, yeah, I haven't even finished high school. Like because of my life circumstances and my childhood, I didn't even get the opportunity. It wasn't that I dropped out and stopped going. I was moved 60 miles away from where my high school was. And I wasn't going to walk 60 miles every day to school. So I didn't even get to finish high school. I just went into selling cell phones and selling cars and learned that skill. And once I had that skill under my belt, like I learned that at a young age, my dad, one of the only pieces of advice that my dad gave me at a young age, you make more with your mind than you will with your hands. And so I knew that the people that made a lot of money were salespeople just as much as doctors. And I was like, what else am I going to do? I either got to learn to sell or I got to go back to school and like get a diploma and then go get a degree and take this traditional. That's not for me. That's not for me. I I got people skills. I love people. And as long as I want to go out and help people solve their problems, I should never need money. And that's kind of been the case. Oh, that's huge. Well, I think that's a fantastic story. We have a lot of agencies, a lot of consultants that listen to the show. And so I think excellent info. And you mentioned like a thousand books that people can read and programs yeah. that they can sign up for for mentorship. It's hugely valuable. So thank you so much for that. If people want to learn more about you and, and what you do, where should they go? They can go to my website, adrianboysell.com, B-O-Y-S-E-L. That's my last name, Adrian, A-D-R-I-A-N. Or they can check out my Adrian agency, Adrian agency, A-D-R-I-A-N agency, A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. That's basically, I'm the, the vision and the strategy and the agency is the fulfillment and the integration. We can handle both sides. And then if they really want to learn for free, I literally each everything. I'm not exaggerating. Everything that I've ever learned in my whole life as far as business is on my YouTube channel. I've got over 400 videos on there. You just type my name in Adrian Boysell. You'll find my channel. We just passed 15,000 subscribers on one channel. I got another 15 on another channel. So I'm leveraging YouTube and all the traffic and the power of that. And that's a whole other story for a whole other time, but it's definitely a powerful tool I would recommend for anybody to jump in and just start creating content on YouTube. That's great. Yeah, more good advice. Well, thank you so much. We'll definitely have you back on the show because I'm sure, I mean, we just scratched the surface of the skill sets that you talked about. But uh, thank you so much for coming on this time to get the process started. It's a pleasure. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. And this has been the Digital Marketer Podcast. If you have a friend who is clueless about marketing, please have them tune in and be sure to check out digitalmarketer.com for all our courses, lessons, and certifications. Thank you for tuning in. This is Digital Marketing. Hey, DM listeners. If you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up. Because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.